Welcome back to your weekly dose of No More Long Talk, where today I chat with Global Digital Specialist for UNICEF, Sam Waterton. Sam manages UNICEF's global social media channels, where his aim is to use creative campaigns and UNICEF's global network of 80 million social media supporters to improve the lives of children. He's also UNICEF's social media lead for emergencies and risk communication, including COVID-19 advocacy, fundraising and public health messaging. He's also currently working towards a master's in communications for development. To take a listen as Sam shares his story of how he used his comms and international development experience to move to New York to help improve the lives of millions of disadvantaged children and adolescents worldwide. Remember to rate, review and share this podcast. Thanks a lot, Sam, for, for joining me. You're joining me from New York. Big up, New York. New York, New York. Oh, yes, indeed. I love New York. <laughs> I need to come back. I will be coming back after Thanks. coronavirus times, obviously. Um, so thank you for joining me today. Um, obviously, thank you for having me. No worries. Obviously, we go back a long time because we've been friends for ages, like since since Leeds University days. Um, so anybody who went to Leeds, yes, that's what we went to as well. Um, and obviously, we've kind of followed each other in terms of our careers and always been very supportive of each other, which is great. Um, so I kind of felt that you was an obvious choice to have on my new podcast of No More Long Talk. Um, but to focus more on the social media aspects, because I know obviously that's your that's that's your focus and that's your aim. So my first question to you is: um, I obviously know your story, which I find really interesting. But I think it's a really interesting story for other, uh, in particular, communication communication professionals to hear about. Tell me more about your career and uh, tell us how you got from London to New York. Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm really happy to be there. So um, so currently I'm UNICEF's global social media strategist and I work um, within UNICEF's social media team mm-hmm. um, on a number of campaigns, but focused on emergencies, COVID-19 mm-hmm. and also fundraising. So my, my career in social media started off really um, because I was the most junior member of the team and mm. that was like 10 years ago when mm. social media was new and <laughs> people were still working out how to, how to use Twitter. Um, <laughs> Facebook was a giant then um, mm. and brands were starting to use it uh, as, a, as a channel and mm. Twitter was growing too. And so that's how I, I got into social media. I was given the keys to the social media accounts of uh, the environment agency where I worked mm. and um, I built up my social media career um, uh, through various organizations um, up until UNICEF mm. and um, how, how I got to, to from London to New York um, is a very long story of love <laughs> um, and, and hardship but but uh, you know long story cut short um uh, me and my my girlfriend uh, as you well know uh, Anya we uh, she lived in New York and I needed to to get a job in New York mm. any way that I could and it just so happened that I um was um on a trip to Afghanistan um to do some filming for 
BBC Media Action, where I used to work. Mm. And I met uh, the chief of communications there um, in Afghanistan. And I was interviewing her uh, for my film. And I very cheekily, uh, after the interview, asked her um, how I could get a job at UNICEF HQ in New York. And (laughs) she said, um, well, do you speak any any additional languages? And I said, "Uh, no, just Portuguese a little bit. And then she said, do you have a master's? I was like, "Uh, no, I'm, I'm working towards one though. She said, okay. Well, if a suitable job comes up, just let me know and I'll see if I can connect you to the hiring manager. Mm. And and then two weeks later, uh, a suitable job did come up and I applied. And, um, you know, six months down the line, I was I was in New York with with UNICEF. Um, so it, it just shows the power, I guess, of putting yourself out there and mm. really uh, maximizing your network. Uh, mm in any way you can definitely like I mean it's that's almost bonkers in many ways like (laughs) (laughs) but so many people wouldn't take that opportunity to ask the person who could potentially uh be the be the decision maker or can be instrumental um, and have the connections to the decision making in the company Mm. a lot of people would just be like I can see it I can see the opportunity or they, they will see the person and not make the connection and then they'll just walk away. So yeah. it's so good that you was just like, actually, this is my opportunity because who knows what would have happened now? We will never know, fortunately. We never know. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so I always said to Phil, and this is one thing I've been asking uh, uh, my other guests, like, in particular, if it comes to comms, I, I tend to feel who people who, who love their jobs and careers um, and love to create like a positive impact tend to come, come from a place with a, a deeper purpose. Like there's a, there's a real reason why they're doing this job. Like I know for me, um, I enjoy creating um, better workplace experiences through you know, engaging people through internal comms and working on DNI, working on point of being. The reason why I like doing that is because I know what it's like to work in a workplace which doesn't look at any of those things and how it makes you feel, which quite mm. frankly can be can be really rubbish and doesn't get the best out of your people. Like, does that resonate with you in any particular way? Do you feel there's a deeper reason in why um, why maybe you joined UNICEF, why you in particular in, are in comms, why in particular you're in, you're in digital comms? Yes, definitely. Um, we're all driven um, uh, internally um, through through different motivations and mm. communications was always in my blood. I love to talk to people. I love to make connections with people. Um, and I had always wanted to be a journalist. Mm. Uh, I was always writing when I was younger. And so uh, I definitely got those, you know, 10,000 hours in worth of writing. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I definitely have used those writing skills in, in my current job um, in social media. But um, in terms of uh, being an activist, um, mm. that came very early um, when I was in my 20s. And I had volunteered for a campaign group called Stopwatch, which mm. was campaigning on fair and accountable policing in the UK with a particular focus on reducing stop and search. 
And I was part of their youth team uh, with a focus on communications. Mm. But um, I joined a whole team of of lawyers and policy advisors and academics, um, all with the same goal um, of of making policing fairer. Mm. And of course, now we have the current events, which have really put a spotlight on that work. But um, when I first joined the organization within around three years, we had been able to really put a spotlight on stop and search Mm. um, and disproportionality um, uh, towards black and Asian people. Mm. Um, And then also get reduction in in stop and searches and much more accountability. Mm. And having gone on that journey from very early on in the campaign to to a more mature campaign Mm. and by the way this campaign is is still going on um (laughs) uh, I saw real change and that is definitely something that inspires me um to work in any organization um especially with UNICEF um Mm. UNICEF's global social media reach is around 80 million 80 million supporters and so um, with that, with that reach comes great responsibility. Um, mm. And uh, in addition to the incredible campaigns we do for children, um, making improving the world for them, um, mm. making it a healthier, uh, safer place for them. Um, there's all, also really great ways that we can use those channels to improve people's health in general, um, mm. and that has definitely come to the fore with this. Uh, coronavirus crisis of course it's it's amazing how like it's the small internal things that uh steer you towards doing jobs that you enjoyed the most mm. and sometimes you don't realize it at the time when you're in the thick of it it's not until later on and then you're looking back in your life so in our case is looking back 10 years ago when we were in our joyful 20s but now we're in our happy 30s <laughs> like and it's it's looking back at those times and thinking oh that's the reason why I I really enjoyed that and it's still part of your blood it's still part of what you believe um part of your values right now and that's just I always think like knowing what your values are is really mm-hmm. key in wherever you go to in terms of your job yeah definitely and you know if we look back to the time when we were both at university fresh faced and we didn't Mm. really know exactly where we were going Mm. uh, uh, you know I was doing international politics at the time and um, I looked at the job market um, when I graduated and Mm. I saw that actually to work for the UN you had to work for free um, for a long time Mm. and I was like, well, I'm not prepared to do that, actually. Um, mm. I need to get a job that pays. And you were the same. <laughs> um, so true. So, so, so true. in university, I was doing international politics. And um, I never thought that I would actually get a career in mm. international politics or development. Um, it was just the, the bar to get into the, the, that, um, into the UN was so high. Mm. And so... Um, I kind of let go of that dream um, for a long time. Mm. Um, maybe it was eight years. And then wow. suddenly that opportunity came up again to, to enter into the UN system once mm. I had all that experience. And then, yeah, I grabbed it. 
best thing to do, best, best, best thing to do. And just on, just to kind of take it on from that, what would, what advice would you give to anyone who is thinking of moving abroad and wants to take up a comms role? Like what have been some of the things that you've learned in that process? Okay. So I think that, um, it's actually quite simple Mm. when you take that decision to move across the world to a different country, even to um, another city, um, Mm. you're taking yourself out of your comfort zone. And that can only be a good thing um, because you, it's a catalyst for, for new learning, new um, friendships, Mm. uh, new experiences. And, um you know what i would say is it was definitely not easy to Mm. get a job here in new york and it definitely uh was not easy once i arrived Mm. but um i've doubled my friendship i've doubled my network i've doubled my experience um from doing it and um that will that will stay with me for the rest of my life yeah so yeah maybe i'll keep on traveling (laughs) being the traveler that you are (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of pivot the conversation a bit in terms of what what you're what you are responsible for doing in terms of digital inter, digital campaigns. So I know for you that creating digital campaigns and bringing people on a journey is like one of your passions, and obviously storytelling is a vital and key skill. And quite frankly, without it, it makes it more difficult for anyone to step into uh, people's shoes. Mm. Um, it kind of it's the thing that makes or breaks campaigns. But I feel there's also a bit of a crossover here with internal comms, employee engagement. Um, and I use those two words because I know that different organisations um, use both of them depending on what their focus is. Mm. Um, but there's a crossover with them and there's elements that I feel that we can learn from you. Mm. So how do you take, my, my kind of first question to that is, how do you take people on a journey? Well, to to answer to, so to come back on on what you were saying about internal communications, learning from social media. Um, actually, I think that social media also has a lot to learn from internal communications, and um, one of the things that is really important um, is that the internal is external, and mm. external is internal, and and. Um, that means that, uh, from my experience at UNICEF, um, when we're creating campaigns, internal communications is always at the table right from the start, um, because uh, we we very rarely run an external campaign mm. without there being some kind of internal campaign as well mm. um, that's that's doing the same kind of thing, but mm. um, reaching UNICEF staff who are, by the way, in over 190 countries and territories. Um, so, you know, when we talk about the importance of internal communications, mm. um, like like Collinson, it's a large organisation and um, it's imperative that uh, staff are brought on that journey uh, as yeah. long as, as much as the, the external UNICEF supporters Mm. That, that support the work the UNICEF does for children mm. so um, I would say 
if the internal is uh, also the external, then um, it's exactly the same things um, uh, that that make a, a social media campaign successful, right? Mm. And that is having a very, very focused audience um, and targeting towards that audience. That is making sure that you have very tight objectives um, mm. that are measurable and uh, smart. Mm. Um, that's knowing who your uh, internal and external partners are, um, what your key messages are. Mm. And, and then, of course, like, the evaluation part of all of this is is how do you how do you measure that so it's exactly the same communications 101 mm. it's really interesting how you are you saying about um the internal it's the is the external and, and how you basically invite internal comms from from the get-go mm. um because i know from talking to um other people um in their organizations sometimes this is still not the case like it would be that internal comms finds out about about x thing i don't know five weeks later and then get an email to say oh by the way this is going on could you um just possibly just really quick which as we both know as communicators isn't really the best way of working because we need time to plan like if we want to make something look good and to be good feel good um to 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 get across in the way that we want it to it requires time it cannot just Mm. be done overnight um even if your best agencies they still need the time they need um but i think you're so i think you're so right with that it's um i think sometimes people do miss a bit of a trick there that's it's it has to technically work both ways in the same way of external bringing on internal is the internal bringing on the external when they see there's a possible let's say reputational issue like it's letting those people know this is going on you may want to kind of think about uh, your strategy or your lines you mean get prepared so yeah it's good it's 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 so true and like i think anybody who's listening to this like who doesn't do that um now like have a think about that kind of think about think to yourself in terms of why and if you're in an organization which is not um used to um join joining together so in terms of your internal and your external teams and that obviously includes your social media ask yourself why is it just a behavioral change that needs to be made and actually you just bit the forefront front, forefront of that have a monthly meeting you discuss what your key messages are for the month you discuss what's happening there's those key projects and those key campaigns and you get to work on it just to support each other and talk to each other so so sam my my um kind of my next question to you about social media campaigning which i think um some people will find really helpful as well um in terms of when you start a new campaign and i know you kind of touched on some of the elements beforehand but you know, what's your kind of tips? Like, where do you start? What are some of the key factors that people need to think about when bringing an audience or wanting to bring a, an audience on board in order to really bring a campaign to life? Because this is where I feel like, feel like it's very similar. Like the campaigns that I create in internal comms, I want to have the same bringing, uh, making things come to life in the same way that you do externally via social media. Like, um, yeah, what are some of the tips that you might have for people who just need a bit of a refresh or may not even know? There might be people who are just joining, they're joining in the career, very junior. You know, they're at the stage where we were at 
many years mm. ago and they just don't know yeah okay well like i say um when you you begin a um successful social media campaign um it helps to have everyone in the room um right at the start who can help you on that journey so of course once you have created that idea mm. um having having some a team of people in different um uh, with different experience and professional experience and also different uh, ideas mm. um to help to help make this uh, this campaign uh, grow mm. um so I, I mean we're talking in abstracts here so mm. let's just say um one of the campaigns that i i worked on earlier on the year was uh, called poems for peace mm. and I, I work on emergencies and um, 50% of UNICEF's funding actually goes towards helping children affected by um, uh, natural disasters and conflict. Uh, it's a huge amount of programming and work. Mm. Um, and uh, a key part of our advocacy is to, to um, help children be safer, um, but also amplify their voices. Um, mm. Uh, children and young people trapped in conflict um, they have voices too and uh, they have dreams too so um, I uh, took one love of mine which was poetry um, along with <laughs> one of my colleagues and we um, we came up with the idea of uh, working with um, 10 country officers UNICEF country officers young people in these country offices um, mm. to to share their poems of peace um, uh, and it was just so important to, to have this campaign um, grow to have internal communications mm. um, they were there in the room um, and they were looking at how um, it could be uh, shared within uh, UNICEF's channels but also mm. um, we had UNICEF staff that were also poets that had their poems for peace as well. That's brilliant. Um, we had the PR people who were um, sharing the press release. We had the web people who were putting the um, the poems online. Mm. Um, uh, and it was it was just a really great um, example of of teamwork. And we ended up getting over um, fifty. 50 submissions from children across the world from Yemen, Afghanistan, South Sudan, and Somalia. Um, and it was a really, it was a really powerful tool for raising young people's voices mm. with the ultimate aim of creating more peaceful societies um, in mm. their countries. So that really nicely ties into a, it really sounds, which is obvious reason why I, I asked to, to speak to you and to invite you as a guest um, because it's it's things like that where, where I look at and think that's changing the world of work and as much as yes it has an external element to it obviously obviously in terms of seeing that but it also has like a really nice um, inter like ripple effect internally because it sounds like it it keeps people focused on the importance of the roles they're doing, why they come to work each day, um, which then keeps people on track in terms of their purpose. 
that values piece again, like we were saying earlier on, like it's, it's, a, it's, it sounds like it's a feel good, like in a really good way. It's a nice feel good story, but it reminds people why they've joined UNICEF. Like mm. it's, and that's, I mean, that's, that's great to be able to do that. Does that linking up? Um, what do you think is one of your superpowers that enables you to create positive change? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, um, you know, I um, came across uh, in our team away day, we mm. have the, the social media team. There's about uh, uh, 10 of us and we all got together and uh, we had that exact question um, okay. on an envelope and we anonymously um, put what we thought our other teammates' superpower was. And it was a really interesting exercise and a great team exercise too. Um, <laughs> because you wanted to guess who actually had given you that, that superpower. Um, uh, but also it was a really like um, great affirming way of uh, showing the teamwork and respect. Um, mm. And um, uh, yeah, it was just really nice. So um, I had 10 superpowers. Oh my God, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's in my envelope. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I opened it up and um, uh, the the pattern overall pattern was that um, it was my positivity and ability mm. to get stuff done. Mm. So I would I would agree with that. I'm very mm. positive, and that's probably what has brought me here to New York. Um, but uh, I you know I also there's no point in just having you know uh, being an idealist um, if you mm. don't actually try and make those ideals into reality um so so yeah positivity and get things done yeah i can definitely vouch for that for you um obviously um but i do think those are it's those skills that that just get things done it's 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 definitely a difference in terms of somebody saying yes okay I think it's a great idea let's do x y and z and then just basically sitting on that idea mm. to get into the other side and it being executed and you know what sometimes that idea is not executed in the best possible way but that's okay because mm. it's about the the process and the intent of wanting to do it in the first place and then learning from um from those mistakes you know I mean on that yeah. journey and then making it better next time and as we both know, that is definitely a skill that is like a hundred percent required in the comms industry <laughs> <laughs> completely. <laughs> so, um, so I recently did a, a mini survey on LinkedIn and, um, and I wanted to understand what areas people value the most in, in the workplace. And one question was centered on areas that companies um, need to improve on. So people were basically saying, this is, this is a particular area that I think companies overall just need to, just need to do better. 37% said that giving back to local or, or global communities is an area that organizations need to work better on. They can do more. Um, and I just wanted to get your kind of thoughts on this. Like, like obviously you work on the, on the charity side itself, but in terms of organizations that don't work charity, that do a lot of 
corporate social responsibility and one to link up with, with charities itself. Like, do, do you do you think that companies need to do more? Do, do you think there's um, that there's there's space to do that? Are there particular themes that companies kind of get wrong, or even that they are doing quite well in? Like, what's what's your thoughts on it? Yeah. So. Um... <sighs> I, I love this question and I love that that you have um, included this in your survey because it's so important mm. um, for um, well-being and happiness uh, mm. within an organization and um, I, I you know when I look at an organization um, and I feel happy being an organization often that is because um, there is volunteering opportunities um, mm outside of the organization yeah so it's not necessarily about the the organization's mission here um it's the um the motivation um that the organization or the support even that the organization mm. is given to employees just to, to to do things in their own time um, mm. with their own interests when i was back in london um back in november um i went and did some tree planting Mm. and I just had it I happened to be um here for Thanksgiving so I had the day off and um I was surrounded by um people who had been taking a corporate day off and um, mm. supported by the organization to also plant trees and you could see how happy that made them to be out in the mm. fresh air doing something that was completely unrelated to their job um but also giving back to the environment um it was very special to see Mm -hmm. um, but of course, you know, we're talking within the context of a massive uh, movement um, uh, against anti-racism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you, it wouldn't have escaped you that some organisations have um, done more than others mm -hmm. um, when it comes to anti-racism mm -hmm. um, uh, objectives. And so what I would say uh, to organisations thinking about this is that it's all very well um, donating to um, organizations, but what are you doing to address um, systemic racism mm. um, or improve diversity inclusion within your, within your own organization? Mm. Um, we are past the, the time for one-off gestures here. Um, uh, uh, employees need real change. Um, mm. going forward so yeah very very good question indeed do you feel that now especially with um with with everything that's that happened with, with george floyd and how black lives matter i don't really want to call it a bit of a movement in a weird way because i almost feel like this has been this has been here <laughs> this has always been here i mean <laughs> i don't know Movement kind of makes it sound like it's brand new. And yeah. in some respects it is in terms of the name, but in terms of what they stand for, I feel like actually that's been going on for a lot longer. And that's no um, disrespect to Black Lives Matter at all because I'm completely 100% mm. behind it. Um, but do you, I, I, I almost, it's really interesting how you answer that because I almost feel for companies that the climate issue is, is easy to get. Like, or easier to get and to be able to see and and obviously in particular a lot more for younger people who've been champing forward and protesting you know we saw a lot of those global images um, last year 
um, from across the world mm. and like companies are able to get on board, you know, having better kind of sustainability, reducing like um, carbon footprints, depending on what their business does. And it now kind of feels as if the, um, when it comes to racism and being anti-racist, actually it maybe is a, I don't know, like maybe it is an opportunity for companies to, encompass that kind of like how you're saying within like a csr space for example mm-hmm. and then be committed to it um but also making sure that they're getting their own house in order as well in order to really commit to it externally and exactly that's something that's never been done before because ordinarily yes it's under diversity inclusion in the workplace and belonging but actually, there's a, there's a different there's a different way to be able to do this now. Like like actually, for example, those volunteering days, if somebody wants to take a, a, a day out to go and um, sit with or work with a, a charity that's focused on on anti racism, actually that is that is completely possible to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. that's a really great opportunity for people to to get on board to see what the work that's been going on, like 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 what is the kind of the challenges and the struggles that's going on in in all global societies mm. um yeah that's it's amazing how things shift though isn't it like oh yeah the opportunities that come up yeah. and then how you can build from that yes yeah this is you know as you say this is this is not a movement in that it's been around for a long time um mm. you know <laughs> and we but but at this particular point um uh, there is a lot of attention on it yes and and we need to capitalize on that um yeah uh white people black people mm. all people that um have power in their own way um in their own personal way to affect change and you know of course you have the organizational um, perspective which is what your question was uh, about it's mm. about organizations taking the lead and saying what they they want to do and then it's up to the uh, employees to hold that organization, their own organization, accountable um, for the promises they make. Mm. Um, and also look at themselves and what they can do personally um, to affect change. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of this is self-work and it is. And, you know, like re- reflecting on yourself is very difficult at times for many people. Um, you mean, if you've, you've been very used to say, being in the comfort zone, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to challenge everything I thought about. Mm. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's hard work, but it's yeah. important hard work to be done. And I, I think you're, I feel, I feel like you're right there in terms of, it's not just having the companies being held accountable in terms of what they're doing, but also what we do in ourselves as individuals working within those companies. In particular, if we're aligning ourselves to companies where we want to create bigger social impact or just um, having bigger impacts within, within our local communities. Like in order to do that, we've also got to make sure we're kind of getting our own house in order as well. Mm. Um, which kind of nicely takes me to my next point about like, and, uh, and we kind of touched a little bit on there in terms of charities and working there, like the opportunities um, to maybe join or uh, link up with anti-racist charities for volunteering but like what do you think the future looks like for organizations and partnerships with charities because it's always constantly evolving and I feel like I mean I've been in this space for just over 10 years now and the CSR space has 
has has has changed from when I first stepped in. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's yeah, and I don't do as much work. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't do as much work on the CSR side as I do on uh, my other areas. However, I'm still always seeing how it changes, and it's always it's always um, seeped into the work that we're doing in internal comms. So. What do you think it looks like? I don't know, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um, but what, what I can say um, from my positive uh, outlook here um, is that over the last 10 years, organisations have really taken causes mm. um, and really tried to meaningfully um, implement them. Yeah. Um, in any in 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 the way that they can, mm. and um, uh, often organisations are actually built now on a particular cause. So um, you know, hey, we're we're in coronavirus time, so let's talk about co- um, toilet paper. Mm. We give a crap. Um, toilet paper company has mm. been incredible in that it its actual aim is to is sustainability. Mm. Um, its actual aim is fair wages its actual aim is to give back to its workers mm. um, and uh, I think you'll see a lot more new companies uh, coming up and disrupting that space um, but also organizations um, like like banks and oil companies also too will they're, they're increasingly needing to be um, held accountable for their actions and their image and often that translates into to good things mm-hmm. um but you know um as as we say it's no it's no uh, accident that mm. um csr has exploded over the last 10 years as social media um has exploded over the last 10 years and companies and organizations are increasingly accountable to people and um, that uh, are clients of their services and they mm. need to show what they're doing to make the world a better place you can be tracked and you can be seen a lot more that's mm-hmm. the thing with social media and like even the things of like freedom of um, information requests yeah. like that that is much easier to do now than it was 10 years ago um it's just a lot more visible and you c- nobody can get away from that really yeah yeah what one piece of advice we've got we're just coming towards the towards the end of this wonderful chat sam um <laughs> but i just have two more questions before i let you go yes. to, um, today um what one piece of advice would you give to global change makers so people who are trying to create some positive change either in the workplace whether this be internally whether this be externally for the company uh, for charities for communities but are experiencing resistance to that to to that kind of behavioral change because we we know that sometimes when we see gaps and see ideas and and kind of look at things and go actually we can make that better inevitably you do get some resistance um, because change is hard for a lot of people and you have to take them on that journey. But what would be your one piece of advice for anybody who is um, experiencing resistance? Well, um, I, as, as uh, I'll, I'll answer this question from the activist that's in me and that's organized. <laughs> that is organized, organized, organized. Hmm. Um, once you uh, start talking to a few people about something that you don't think is quite right 
uh, in the organization, um, you'll often find that um, there are people that agree with you and they're mm. having the same issue. And, and once you are able to have a small core group of people, you can expand out um, to, to others who are also probably having that same issue. Mm. Um, and that, that core group is a way of, um, of, of um, pressurizing management um, mm. and leadership within the organization to really look into processes and see what can change, what is possible. Um, so organize, yeah. organize everyone. Every, <laughs> the, 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 the one skill that's always important, always needed is, is the organization. Like <laughs> it's absolutely fundamental every single time. Um, and just finally, what one piece of advice would you give to other communicators who want to level up in their job, in their career, um, and be the best that they can be within the comms industry or CSI industry, DNI, employee wellbeing, etc. Like, but are not too sure how how to do it. Like, think thinking back through your own career and like how you've got to where you are now what would be your one piece of advice you'd give to others? Um, uh, as a communicator, I would say talk, 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 mm. talk, um, because that's definitely what's got me um, to where I am. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I actually try to meet a new person um, every couple of weeks um, within my organization. It's UNICEF is full of very clever people. Mm. Um, uh, but also, also meeting people outside the organisation as well, because a lot of the ideas um, uh, and and blue sky thinking that I get personally comes from from speaking to people mm. um, that are not necessarily linked to social media or not necessarily yeah. linked to communications. Um, within the last few months, I've spoken to people in agencies. Mm. I've spoken to AI specialists. Mm. I've spoken to um, uh, uh, policy uh, advisors on youth mental health. It doesn't really um, matter where the expertise is. Um, it's the ideas um, and how uh, conversation can help open open your mind to new things. So that's what I do. I I talk to people. And, mm. um, it's a great way of, of leveling up. Talking and networking always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I love, I, you know, I, you know, networking is, is actually has become this dirty word because it's loaded <laughs> with so much like self, you know, ego, egoistical. Mm. Um, but actually that if you, if you boil it down to what networking is, it's mm. talking. It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so true just just talk have conversations with people and also i I think working point it's it's like don't go into networking thinking about yourself like go go into networking or talking to people or having conversations with people because that's you're interested in what they've got to say 
Exactly. Because yeah. relationships will build and if it's meant to build, it will formulate and build in the best way. And if, and if, and cause sometimes people go into networking and kind of do it from a perspective and an intent of going, Oh, but if I speak to you, then you can give me this job. And that's not how we both know. This is not how it works. Like mm. people will tend to seek you or find you or have got to know you. And then they'll be like, you know what, I know this really great person who can do that project for you, who can work for you or can be really passionate and do this. Like, that's how it works. It's like going, wanting to, like, wants to be interested in what other people have got to say. Everything else comes afterwards. Exactly. And, you know, I can uh, say that I learned this from uh, a very experienced person in doing that, and that's you. And, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about our our you know, decade of experience in communication. And, um, you know, it's so nice to reflect back on um, how how we've both um, moved up in our careers in different ways. Mm. And um, I'm always learning from you in um, in how, you know, in, in terms of self-development, but also mm. um, in terms of giving, giving back to people um, mm. through, through your well-being um, projects and, um, your internal communications projects, your campaigns projects, and um, they're all hugely inspiring. And mm. um, it's so great that you're um, able to share that that knowledge and experience with others. Thanks so much, Sam. I really appreciate that. So it's all about just giving, as I say, you've got to give um, back to people who are trying, who are coming up the ranks behind you in the same way that I look forward to people and when I need to ask mm-hmm. for their advice or you mean to coach or to mentor me, like it's, it's yeah. that, cause we don't all know the answers, but I think being able to share what we do know and in particular right now, I mean, the world has completely changed in six months. Like it's, it's crazy. Like, but this right now is a time when we all need to make sure that if we, if we see something that works, share it. Let people know. You know what I mean, don't get so hanged up on, but somebody's going to be copying you. We're not children. Let's just share it because actually, you mean, we get through the world and we get through life just a bit better, just being able to be a bit kinder and bounce ideas with other people we don't necessarily know. But yeah, so thank you. I enjoy doing I it. For sure. Sharing is caring. And kindness, kindness is key. Indeed. <laughs> and on that lovely note, we will... Uh, wrap up on there but thank you so much sam um for taking the time out to to answer um answer my questions which which i know that many of the people will find really helpful and really useful um but yeah thanks for just being honest and uh just sharing your experiences it's you know it's 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 always i think sometimes we can undervalue how other people find our our stories and our experiences very handy and very useful for themselves Mm. so thank you thank you for having me thanks for joining me this week on no more long talk make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss a show and whilst you're at it if you found value in this show i'd appreciate a rating Or you can just simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. Be sure to tune in next week Monday for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at No More Long Talk. 
And lastly, if you think you're a change maker or know someone who can share some inspiring and valuable content to change the world of work for better, then contact me on Instagram. Thanks a lot.